Hello everyone. Welcome to Freshwater Perspectives. Today I'll be talking about lead, drinking water, and the Flint, Michigan case study. Hope you enjoy. Matt, how are we doing? Hey, Riley. I am doing <laughs> all right. Um, it is officially after Thanksgiving. So mm -hmm. Rachel and I have been setting up uh, the Christmas decorations as you do, you know, the second you get back from Thanksgiving. So all of our decorations are up. We got some lights in the back in the uh, on the back porch this year. Um, and then what else? Let's see. It's been it's been actually selfishly it's been very nice because since rachel's done her navly she has a lot more time for other stuff so she's been cooking a lot so i haven't i've been i've been getting meals cooked for me this oh, no. past couple of days which is which is great <sighs> Dude, it's like this is like the worst time this is like that where you add five pounds i mean first off that's good good for rachel um <laughs> that she has free time again but um just like the the season between thanksgiving well the holiday season right um, it's mm -hmm. just so prone to, uh, extra numbs. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Oh yeah. Too. I, yeah, I believe it. Well, you well, can't, you know, it's getting kind of too cold to go outside and do stuff, you know, like go for a run or something. Although it's not mm -hmm. really an excuse for me because we have the rec center here on campus, but mm -hmm. I'm also in yeah, Minnesota, but... Matt, you got to remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> what, what's the temp? Four hours what's a day. <laughs> what's the temp up there right now i think it was like uh 38 ish we went trout fishing oh, wow. which oh, okay. is yep we um winter trout fishing it kind of like got up mm. to 50 and then burnt off like all the snow a little bit so <clears throat> excuse me um okay so it's been it's been a fun but then yeah it was a little bit colder today but um we didn't i caught one but that's it but uh still fun to get out there and um yeah man Dude, uh, my my wife too. She um, set up all the Christmas stuff. Oh. She set it up a little bit early because we won't be here for Christmas. We're going um, on our honeymoon, so she still wanted like uh... the Christmas. So she bought a tree, right? Like, uh, yep, yep. So yep. I was like, I mean, it makes sense. I was a little like, I'm the of the mind where you gotta keep, you know. You gotta have give Thanksgiving mm -hmm. its its time in the sun type of situation, but <laughs> she she came with a good um <laughs> a good argument as to why um we should put our Christmas stuff up this year early. I was like, fine, yep. Mm -hmm. So, yep, yep. So we got a tree. Okay. Yep. Nice. Is a it a is tree. it a real tree or is it a fake tree? Fake tree. Okay, that's understandable. Yeah, Rachel and I have like a little three foot fake tree that we just put yeah. up in our tiny little apartment. Yep. I mean, it's the first. Yeah. I mean, it's like a six footer, right? So it's a, it's a medium oh, okay. size one, right? Yep. We don't have the biggest okay. of. Yeah, that's a nice. Um, living rooms. So. But yeah, okay. man. You're getting there, man. Uh, nice. Man. But um, yeah. So we've been we've been fishing. Um, the water related topic was this area that okay. I live in now. It's um, mm -hmm. it is like notorious for sinkholes. Oh, so it's it's a limestone region, um, this like uh, driftless bluff country. It's called, and um, mm -hmm. like 
but really where we are, it's like kind of like a ground zero in the county we're in for, for sinkholes. And it's actually a really big um, concern because it's like a direct conduit for drinking water. So um, hmm. it's like a, you know, you get runoff or something and then it goes straight into a sinkhole and like right into the drinking water. Well, not right into oh. it, but like it's still a a way to get in there. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's insane. But we were, that's so we were driving to where we're going fishing and like someone pointed out to this like at work to like to me and then like i pointed out to my wife it's like you you drive and you see we live in um so it's like forested area like in the valleys but then like on top or on the bottom of the valley um there'll be agriculture right so like field crops Mm -hmm. and um like in the middle of the field crops like we're on this hill like i'm looking out and you just see these circles like with trees and i was like oh they're, they're just groves right like you know where people you know, plant a windbreak or something, but then like looking closer, it's like a perfect circle and then like mature trees in the middle, but they're only, you know, like six, 10 feet off the ground. And I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, oh, it's a sinkhole. Like there's trees in like the sinkhole. I was like, holy moly. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That is like, wild. So like, I was like, is our house going to be like swallowed up by a sinkhole? <laughs> oh geez. Don't think about that. We drove past one and um, one house and um <laughs> literally on both sides of it like f- like 50 yards away from both sides like of the house like east and west there uh, was a sinkhole a sinkhole so it was between two sinkholes and i was like ah, like oh my yeah, gosh that's a, that's mm-hmm. i would yeah i i haven't I, I have to admit i haven't thought about sinkholes yet in my adult life you know <laughs> yeah it's like that's like quicksand right you're like whatever <laughs> yeah. but like yeah so like one of the um, individual I work with, they said they like toured that house to buy the one with the sinkholes on each side. And they're like, like they walked out the front door and like looked left and right. They're like, we, we gotta go. Like <laughs> we will yeah. not be buying this house. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Cause yeah. they like realized that it was a, a sinkhole. I was like, oh my Lord. Crazy. Yeah. I but can imagine was. the property value gets, gets hurt a little bit with, with sinkholes on either side of your property. I know. I know. But yeah. So it's like, the reason why this area is so pretty in my mind, you know, it's because of water and like carving out mm-hmm. these limestone things, but then there's still like these, these issues as well. So then there's a lot of caves apparently. So I'm going to go caving. One person at my <laughs> work, like invited me to go caving. I was like, Oh no. Like, like the, the kind where you have to like, you know, like literally like exhale to get around stuff or like, you know, and I was like, Ugh. no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I got wide, wide hips. I can't like yeah. <laughs> making up excuses. <laughs> I, I, I'm not claustrophobic, but that would make me claustrophobic. Same. Immediately. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I'm not claustrophobic either, either, but, um, I think it's just like that point where as a human, like any normal human, <laughs> sorry to our cavers out there. Yeah. Um, it's like, um, that or like, you know, like, I'm not afraid of heights, but like when I'm like close to an edge without a railing, it's like, yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm going to be like, Hey, I should like look out or like a heightened sense. And yeah. that's, that's like a cave. Right. So, yeah. Um, that's, yeah. That's self-preservation kind of instinct kicks in. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> but sinkholes, yeah. everybody, I know. hope you enjoy yeah. Watch out for sinkholes, everyone. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, should we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, 
Welcome back, everybody, to Freshwater Perspectives. I am one of your co-hosts, Riley Bewley. My other co-host is Matt Gladfelter, coming to you from Auburn. And um... That's right. <laughs> so it's my turn to go today. And what I'm going to be talking about is lead drinking water. So lead and drinking water, as well as we're going to kind of put this all together as a very, unfortunately, well-known case study of the Flint, Michigan water crisis. So... Um, any first start thoughts, excuse me, first thoughts, Matt, before I start. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And with that in mind, I guess when I first read up about Flint and how it happened, I, I became even more surprised that it isn't more common. And I guess I'll leave it at that. Cause I'm sure you'll get into the nitty gritty of things. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's get right into it. So, um, for those of you who don't know, let's get, set the scene, um, let it lead. So it's a heavy metal, and we'll talk about this. But lead exposure is a, a serious health problem. Um, you know, be it from contact, you can, you can come into contact from from you know lead-filled dust, ammunition, paint chips, um, or piping, which we'll be talking about today. Um, it has really, really serious health effects. And the United States, unfortunately, has had a history of using lead um, and then banning banning it in certain areas as well as certain household products. But because it wasn't banned, just flat out there's this um history within the united states of and, and around the world to be honest um, of, of lead remains in some situation and one of those is, is piping in aging u.s houses um, this poses a risk of lead contamination to drinking water so that's what we'll be talking about today and um unfortunately you know united states history even our recent history um, has shown that lead contamination can can leave a whole city without drinking water which has happened in flint michigan so um, there's a lot to unpack when it comes to the history of lead in the United States, and we are going to cover lead in drinking water, its health effects, and then use Flint, Michigan as a case study um, to show what could really, really go wrong when it comes to lead and water, lead and health effects. So, um, as I said, lead is a heavy metal that occurs naturally um, in the Earth's crust. It is bluish gray in color, um, malleable, so that's a really key component it's malleability and that makes it really useful for plumbing building materials ammunition canning i saw um, back in the day using it in canning who yeah and um and as well as batteries um lead has since been removed in a number of industry due to extreme health effects uh i hope when we're reading like it, it removed because of the health effects i was like gosh i hope canning was like the first one like nothing like direct contact with your food Ugh. Yeah, I, yeah, I never heard of lead in cans. That's interesting. I mean, it makes mm -hmm. it makes a ton of sense when you talk about the malleability. That's interesting. Yeah, because I think what lead is, I mean, excuse me, canning is tin now, right? Maybe tin cans? Yeah, tin, I mean, aluminum. aluminum. Yeah. Aluminum. Um, yeah. So, consuming lead-based products in any amount can lead to lead poisoning. This affects the brain, okay, causes symptoms like anemia, coma, seizures, and even death but even less severe poisoning. So that's like on the, the extreme end, right? Mm -hmm. Those like micro amounts, micro doses um, that can lead to abdominal pain, headaches, memory problems, tingling in the hands and feet. Um, so like extremities, so I believe it affects the nervous system. And this is really potent slash dangerous to children. So um, because children brains are still developing lead exposure at a young age this can lead to learning disabilities slower growth and development hearing and speech problems um 
for those of you wondering, you know, how much lead could you be exposed to and be safe? You know, the CDC states there are no amount of lead in the body. There is no amount of lead in the body that is safe, especially for children. So if you are in con, this isn't a health, <laughs> uh, a health podcast. I'll let it be known there, but it, you know, it definitely, um, if you're, if you think that you've been exposed to lead, seek medical attention immediately. So that's vital. Um, you know, coming into contact with there, there, um, there is blood tests where the lead poisoning does occur. Um, definitely prevention is the number one method to avoid these issues. Um, however, some doctors may be able to prescribe treatments that remove lead out of the affected person's body. Um, it binds to lead in the body and then is excreted through the urine. And that's as, as far mm -hmm. as I'm going to go there. But so there is, I, there must be a time relationship where if you get it in time, you would be able to um, get this certain thing that binds to it and it leaves you. Not a medical hmm. podcast, but definitely um, worth noting, right? Just as like yeah, a, more, of a, more of a, an oddity, a curiosity. Yeah, I hadn't, um, I hadn't heard of that before. Yeah. But lead in drinking water, why we're here today and why we're talking about it. Um, there is a history of lead in water lines. Go figure. Um, however, mm. the, the history is, is kind of unique. So the, the use of lead for plumbing, that started around the Roman Empire. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Very far back. Um, in fact, the Latin word for lead is plumbum. <laughs> Plum, mm. Plumbum. Plumbum, plum, oh. um, plumbum, P-L-U-M-B-U-M. -U -U okay, so you can tell there's an association between plumbing, the industry, and the metal, okay? So which came first, the industry or the metal? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> however, I guess also LEDs, uh, yeah. oh, sorry. I you guess go. also LEDs, um, LEDs abbreviation in the periodic table is PB. Mm-hmm. Plubum. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. For all of our Latin Latin heads out there, I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. Latin heads, <laughs> Latin freaks. Um, however, Romans came to find that lead causes poisoning. Interesting, right? Um, mm -hmm. For some reason, so they they, they kind of like found that out and was like, hey, we should probably not use this so much. But this factoid, mm -hmm. for some reason, um, didn't make its way through time. Okay, which is weird. Hmm. So the practice of lead piping continued over centuries, and this made it all the way to the new world, um, the United States in this situation. Um, so it, I think they found it, the cause of poisoning. It, so they used it in certain different situations, if I remember correctly. I wrote this article a while ago, um, to be honest. So, um, <laughs> but I think just it's, it's that malleability is so, was so important. I'll cover that, um, and that's why it carried over. Um, Let's let's cue the United States in 1652, where we're starting. Um, the first domestic water system was built in 1652. Where do you think, Matt? 1652. Well, I'm going to guess it's somewhere in Europe. No, no, <laughs> no. United think... States. United States. Oh, oh, sorry. United States. Sorry, I didn't hear that. Cut that nope, out. You're fine. Um, <laughs> 1652. I'm going to guess Virginia. No, Boston. Oh, Boston. So, yep. So this is a little more of the history of water lines now, because um, this comes into play. Uh, the first 
domestic water system was in Boston and that was made hmm. out of hollowed logs. So think about oh. like hollowed logs coming together, bloop, 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 and mm -hmm. that water passes through. Smart, right? Um, I'm sure yeah. a lot of bacterial growth, right? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I can um, see I can see some issues with that, but yeah. okay. The the first use of lead plumbing in homes, that didn't occur for about a hundred years later. Okay. There was um the first reported house house was in seventeen fifty four in the United States. Um and this was in the form of lead service lines. So I'm sure taking a step back to it, like lead was used a lot for a lot of different things, but in this situation with like with water lines, that 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 conduit from a water main, and I'll talk about this to a person's house, that was made with lead. First one in at least documented in 1754. So the reason why lead is used a lot in, in domestic water systems is that it is a conduit from the city's water main. So a water main, if you think of like really like almost like cast irony type of like piping or like cement in some situations, you know, that, that if you think of like a, a city block, you know, that isn't all just wiggly wiggly. It's just, it's a crisscross. It's a lattice work, right? And that's what like a water main is, right? It's going under like around along the road and it's it's just, you know, it's it's easier to make a straight line than like a curved line, you know what I'm saying? Um however, people's like housing and architecture that not isn't necessarily like all uniform. So there's like in some situations there's no easy way from the water main that point to like the 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 intake on a person's house. That needs to have a little wiggle room, for lack of a better word. And that comes into play. And this is before plastic. Remember that. So um, mm -hmm. this is where lead comes into play. Think if you have like a tree, you know, from between your house and like the road. Like how do you get around that? And that's that's lead. It's that malleable um, metal brings it in there. So that's why um, it was really popular to use. Um, and again, like plumbing fixtures, soldering um, of the the piping was also lead based at some point as well so that's that's is where we're really getting this um lead you know in our history of lead in the united states as well as around the world um so definitely health concerns started to arise throughout history you know we have this lead now um so they'll use in plumbing in 19 excuse me in 1859 that was kind of one of the first reported health concerns in lead in the united states Okay, um, these concerns mm -hmm. peaked in 1920, and municipalities began banning lead piping um, during that decade. Um, however, it is thought that lobbying in the 1920s kept the use of lead in pipes around. Okay, so even in the 1920s, um, or as far back as 1859, like there's there's people are like we should stop using this. And from what I've been wow. reading, the the Lead Industries Association. Um, really made in the 20s heavy ad campaigns to promote the use of lead. And, and some think that this kept this lead piping, um, as well as other fixtures, um, in, within our water systems in the United States for decades to come. Hmm. Interesting, right? So lobbying. Mm -hmm. Isn't this fun, Matt? So it wasn't <laughs> until the Safe Water Drinking, excuse me, the Safe Drinking Water Act of 1974, okay? Mm -hmm. That is where um, lead 
like stopped being implemented in new drinking water facilities in the United States. 1974. Ooh. And yeah, I mean, it is interesting how it took how it took that long. Yeah. And there seemed to be a lot of evidence. I mean, the fact that the Romans were like, "Yeah, this is yeah, this is not good." And like you said, that was just kind of buried in history. All the stuff that we kind of take that we still use from the Romans, but for some reason lead didn't didn't mm-hmm. make it. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Like think of all the, like pizza like that that stayed around. Um so we, <laughs> we talked <laughs> We talked about dams before on another podcast or concrete. Yep. You know, I was going to go that direction. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, sorry. I had a, I said, I had a tr- light it up here. The lead, lead history can be a little bit dry, everyone. I'm sorry. Um, but we'll get into it. So um, it's important though. So um, also of 1988, the, that was another act that reduced the use of lead in schools or other facilities. So they're like, okay, like maybe these aging houses, we can't really, do much about but like at least in schools like we'll, we'll stop the use of lead so that's great and this definitely um those acts reduce the amount of lead over time i'm sure you've all like heard too there's, there's a lot more campaigns than just water you know, don't don't um eat lead paint type of situations um i think legally mm-hmm. at least so i lived in like a super old house and they had to give you like documentation as a renter like hey um you're in a house where it was built before all these uh you know, things were put into place. You probably have lead pipes. That like it was like a kind of like a properly situation, which is fun. Um, mm-hmm. But then it's like I think that one too was like there might be like lead paint under all these coats. We just don't know, so they're like don't eat yep. the paint. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, crowding lead pipes in the U.S. and the removal—that's the next section. We have lead pipes, right? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> These acts reduce the the implementation of them on the front end, but again, on the back end of it, we still have all these old houses with with lead, um, at least service lines. So that's fun. Um, research definitely has admitted that the amount of lead piping cannot be determined with any degree of certainty. Isn't that fun? Uh, a 1973 study by the EPA of 112 systems servicing a populations of 100,000 or more, so 112 really big drinking water facility systems, um, reported that 73% of them had installed lead lines to their customers within their history. So a lot, like Ooh. really like a lot. And like, so when we talk about this lead issue, we bring this, you know, Flint um, example into place This aging lead lines is a huge issue and that's because of corrosion. Okay. So mm-hmm. when pipes corrode, this is providing this lead leaching um, into the drinking water it carries, you know, you know, leaches into the water and people drinking. That's how the, you know, so that's how you come into contact. It's corroding lead piping. So if you had, um, you know, a lead pipe, and we'll talk about this too, that, that can be, um, there's like the inside of the pipe can be, what's the word I'm looking for? The inside of the pipe can be um, coated almost with like certain coagulants and like that'll prevent it from corroding. Like effectively you can have lead pipes that don't give you those adverse health effects. Um, but you gotta be careful. Um, and really what's causing this corrosion is acidic water or as well as some oxides as well, but definitely low pH is um, especially prone to corroding and therefore leaching of lead. Um, there's also some other things. So water temperature, how long the water stays in pipes before it uses it all adds to this corrosion. So, um, it definitely is like a, 
person trying to like figure out the safety of drinking water, there's a lot to like go like put into place when you have lead pipes, you know, is how acidic is your water? Um, you know, if you're a person like, yeah, like if, if water is just going straight through the pipe, that might not have corrosion, but if it's sitting there for a while, that's going to like amplify your corrosion. So there's some of these variables that like they, they try to account for like drinking water facility managers, but there's still some stuff that kind of is, is left up and that's it, super concerning, like really concerning. Um, definitely, um, the safety safe water drinking act one of these acts that were put into place in the 70s they, they do have guidelines for facilities to produce water that is um you know without lead for example but also like there's guidelines as to how do you reduce corrosion cro excuse me how do you reduce the corrosion of piping so they they understand that this is a factor um to get lead into like people's drinking water is this corrosive piping so like producing low ph water for example having some other additives um that provides a quote-unquote crust on the inside like these are all things that um, facilities can put into place for preventing these health issues um but yeah i mean there, there's there's still um these factors that you i mean you have to think about but then also like that can cause lead leaching so like as a consumer you have to really think about it especially if you have old old pipes Mm -hmm. um yeah so removing pipes is also one thing you can do um, u.s research has determined that the removal um of a line so this the service line from the the um the water main to your house that can be 720 dollars to sixteen thousand dollars to remove per line okay Ooh. and people are are starting to replace their lines the washington dc area um 30 million dollars in funding um wow to to do this uh and they expect that 23,000 lines will be replaced in the DC metro area. So if you mm -hmm. live there, um, yep. But uh, again, these aging houses, that's something that you're gonna have to deal with. So mm -hmm. um, questions before we go on to our little case study. I don't think so. I and mean, I think you did a pretty good job covering everything so far. <laughs> I know it's, it's dry. Um... I'm sorry, everyone. Okay. Let's, let's start with the, the mm -hmm. Flint, Michigan water crisis. Okay. I'm going to be mm -hmm. pretty brief. Um, there's been podcasts, movies, I think now about this. Um, not going to get into it crazy like that, mm -hmm. but um, definitely. So we talked about lead, these issues. Let's let's do this case study with Flint, Michigan. Flint is a city about 80,000 in East Central Michigan, okay? 12th largest urban area in the state. It's named, as a little fun fact, Vehicle City. Did you know that? Mm. This, is, this is where I GM was founded in Flint. Oh, really? In 1908. Wow. Yes, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Matt's a big Chevy guy. Woo. I am. Good job, Flint. <laughs> so um, the water crisis that started in 2014 after city officials switched the city's drinking water from Lake Huron into the Detroit River. Um, they got this treated water from somewhere else. They switched it for cost savings to the Flint River that ran near the city so before this it was reported that the flint river was a disposal site for many local industries urban runoff agricultural runoff and wastewater all went into this river i mean so that's what i read and reported on but mm -hmm. like um a lot of a lot of rivers right like that's that's kind of be a big issue everywhere it seems um yeah especially working like iowa for so... example so um mm -hmm. but definitely 
automaker runoff, meatpacking, and lumber and paper mill runoff were reported to go in this river as well. Hmm. Um, yeah. So did you mention that it was, so was it cheaper for Flint to use the Flint River as opposed to um, Lake Superior or Lake the one of the Great Lakes? Yes. I didn't. But I'm going to talk about money. Oh, okay. But yeah, so it is cheaper. So that's a big reason. Okay. Well, actually, yeah. Next, next, uh, let's get into that right now. So, um, <laughs> so, okay. Definitely money is a big thing we'll be talking about. So 45% of Flint, Michigan yeah. residents, they live before below the poverty line. Okay. And this is attributed mm-hmm. to a decline in industry, um, in the ones that, you know, was once prevalent in the area, but it kind of since left. Um, this led to a financial crisis in the city. It developed a $25 million deficit starting in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, once this deficit got so big, the city, excuse me, the state stepped in and took over the budget from the city. Okay. And during this wow. um, budget reconciliation, budget um, cost saving analysis, they, they found that one of the utilities that was in deficit was... Um, the city, excuse me, the city's water. So like the, the water utility, um, this water again came from originally, not originally, they like before this financial crisis, the Flint water from Lake Huron at Detroit river, it was, it was kind of piped in, it was treated somewhere else and piped in and it was kind of at a higher additional cost, but it was quote unquote cleaner water. Um, but for cost savings, mm-hmm. the city decided to switch back to its fallback water source, and this is the hmm. Flint River. Okay, this is where the problems arised. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting wrinkle. I didn't know about the you know the kind the city being in such an issue that the state took over. So yes. that's yeah. interesting. And then it was, I mean. And, you know, we're not going to point fingers or name or, you know, blame people in here, but it did seem like, so the, the state stepped in and there was some sort of agreement that the water seemed to be where they decided to, one of the areas where they decided to cut costs. That's interesting. Yes. Yep. And we'll talk about monies a little bit more. Um, so the next couple of sections I'll be talking about, this is a, a report by Olson um, in 2017 in Elsevier, um, the Science Tech Connect. It's kind of like a... I guess an op-ed type of document, but mm-hmm. I I think it's still peer-reviewed if I saw it, but um, that's where I got it from. So, um, so this this the switching of water again from to the Flint River. This this is causing issues to the city, and this is what you know, like this is what we're gonna go talk about. But um, oh Jesus, okay, excuse me. Um, <laughs> Flint River, um, it's it's. A surface water source okay and this is like what this person was highlighting um for those of you who don't know like drinking water can come from a lot of different places we, i think we mentioned this before you know there's surface water like drinking water reservoirs there's also groundwater okay um surface water versus groundwater if you have surface water you have things growing in it for example so you have microorganisms you have runoff going into it you have um you know Break, stuff breaking down, detritus, you have total suspended solids you have to worry about. Um, that's not to say that like drinking water from groundwater is not without issue, but groundwater acts as its filter before, you know, uh, a drinking water utility like uses it. So um, 
as a utility manager, if you're taking from a surface water source, you have just a myriad of things you have to keep in mind. Okay. Uh, definitely the need to properly treat surface water. It, I, I mean, it might be semantics, but it definitely is heightened with surface water. You have, there's a lot you have to keep in. I think that that's definitely safe to say. Um, so, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of different ways that, that utilities use to treat their water. Um, one of them is chemical treatments. This is what Flint did. Um, <laughs> definitely there, there was some documentation, this, this publication by Olson in 2017, like, like drinking water chemicals also cost money too. And it's like during this time, the chemicals, a certain chemical like increased. So it was like, is it that cost savings or not? You know what I'm saying? Like if like the, mm -hmm. it was something like, I didn't write it down, but like one of the important chemicals for like treating surface water, like increased by like 200%, like just bananas over this, oh. like this time. Yeah, right. So, um, insane. definitely hmm. costly. Um, and it, if you don't treat the water, right, that could be a big issue, not only for like maintaining like clean water for your pe person, but also for, for corrosion. So like on the flip side, so you treat it the intake, you have to treat it, but on the outside, like the outtake, especially if you have lead piping, like you have to treat it correctly. Otherwise that can cause a lot of issues on the back end. So a little foreshadowing there. Um, so it was found <laughs> that the Flint plant utilized iron chloride as a treatment. Okay. We're getting a little bit. Um, okay. Yeah. Iron chloride has been found to leach out more lead in drinking water systems when passed through lead pipes. Um, it is expected in this article that is why flint started mm -hmm. to see lead in their drinking water um yeah so there's there's some other there's like a nuance to it though too that this um, article was writing about so um the flint river itself had a high amount of chloride chloride in it okay um mm -hmm. and this began corroding the iron not lead iron intakes in the drinking water facility mm -hmm. okay this corrosion caused a reduced effectiveness of the chlorine. So they use chlorine um, as well. Mm -hmm. um, so chloride caused iron to corrode, reducing mm -hmm. the effectiveness of chlorine. Lots of ides and enes, okay? Mm -hmm. This chlorine was being used to treat high amounts of bacteria in the drinking water. Um, so in response to this, once bacteria, for example, E. coli, it gets to a mm -hmm. certain amount. Um, utility managers legally have to increase the amount of disinfecting chlorine they add to the system to ensure drinking water is treated properly. Mm -hmm. um, think of it like those old timey like bet scales, like yeah, like, like so, like if there's an action, there's like a reaction in the situation. So unfortunately, the uh, so we got chloride increase. Now mm -hmm. you have to increase chlorine. Mm -hmm. um, chlorine increase has its own issues yes. and that um, it produces corrosive byproducts. Chlorine mm -hmm. does. Um, that these byproducts, these like oxidizers are especially corrosive to pipes. Um, mm -hmm. So this extra treated water, this is like leaving the Flint drinking water facility. It's carrying this corrosion, like corrosiveness um, byproducts. Um, that's causing damage to these old lead pipes. Mm -hmm. um, and this is another like compounding factor why people are seeing 
moment the situation led leaching into the water okay mm -hmm. real quick yeah. really before you mm -hmm. get too far ahead so the iron chloride was there a particular reason they used that one because if i'm not mistaken that's an acid as well too which would lower the ph of the water pretty significantly yes um they did have a couple options i believe mm -hmm. that they did it if i'm remembering correctly Mm -hmm. um, and this 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 article will be sourced if I did get it wrong, but it was because of cost effectiveness that um, they use this, okay. this iron that make, chloride. Yeah. That, yep, yep. Yeah, it just seems like that's yeah, that's kind of like the perfect storm between. So mm -hmm. yeah, we already talked about how low low pH you can see a lot of leaching, and then if you have high chloride and then yep. extra chlorine, you're getting all these oxidizers. This seems kind of like the perfect storm of yep of kind of issues here. And here's another one uh, for you. No, it's interesting. Yeah, keep on. Okay. Um, so <laughs> even if you use these like corrosive um, oxidizers, uh, corrosion can be prevented by utilizing uh, compounds such as phosphate that coat the lining of pipes to prevent metals from oxidizing and leaching out. Um, it was found in this article that Flint Utilities elected not to utilize corrosion inhibitors leading to a savings of $147 per day. That's unfortunate. That's an unfortunate decision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Um, so I will, I will uh, say this before, you know, actually go to the conclusion, but like uh, in total, it's thought that replacing all of Flint's um, lead service lines, um, it's going to cost $1.5 billion. $140 Wow dollars per day versus that amount um because it's to the point where wow. i don't think they really can like use it but anyways um <sighs> so let's let's move on soon after switching flint water to flint river water uh, changes mm -hmm. in drinking water in appearance and taste and smell were all reported by the residents just a myriad of things um the city officials decreed that the water was safe but a research study by virginia tech there's virginia tech researchers in the area found that water samples from people's homes were over the action level of lead. So um, be mm -hmm. because of these federal laws, for example, there's, there's certain levels, if they increase, you, like you legally have to do something. Mm -hmm. um, throughout 2015, reports of children's blood lead levels oh, doubled no. and tripled in some parts of the city. Um, in total, it's been found that 9,000 children were given... 18 months of lead contaminated water and remember children are especially especially prone to um lead because of that early forming brain um and and that leads to a myriad of developmental issues even death so um yeah 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 um, a number of meetings were held in 2015 in which the community members brought their discolored waters from their tap i think um if you were around living or paying attention in this like 2015 era definitely i remember like seeing people holding up these like really gross colored water and yeah um so the city council did vote to connect their water system back to the detroit water system this action was denied what? um what in two, march 2015 um it was denied i don't know why um i'm assuming because of the was it was... the cost thing again it could yeah. be cost and i think it was saved um well, yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. So that was March. It did get reconnected to October 2015 um, with emergency emergency funding came through during that time by the state of Michigan. Um, so yeah, definitely a state of emergency because of this lead um, by the governor in, in December 2015. Um, federal state of emergency was triggered by President Obama in January of 2016. Um, I'm yeah. So I'm right there's so much to this and mm -hmm. i don't want to i just want to focus on the water <laughs> but um yeah. michigan's governor governor and other <laughs> officials were charged with a, a variety of felonies uh. um even involved military manslaughter um, one conviction has been attained so mm. far um the michigan department of environmental quality director also resigned during this crisis uh unfortunately the the wow. Flint, michigan the crisis is still progressing um the years after 2016 led to lawsuits cleanup and the the you know, trying to get the city's water back in working order, um, lead service pipings replacements they, that started in 2016 has continued. Um, an estimated 25,000 water service lines um, have been excavated to verify that they are lead free as of 2020. And um, additional, you know, Michigan state fundings of $700 million has been allocated to fix um, this in 2021 um mm -hmm. but again they, they're thinking that it's like 1.5 billion dollars to actually fully fix it um again i didn't go wow. crazy into like all the backstories all the allegations like potential cover-ups um super sad mm -hmm. and um yeah isn't that like it's just that perfect storm of like switching things over you know aging infrastructure as well um yeah and then just so it's like a blend of science like because yeah the, mm -hmm. the water water science like um to prevent the corrosion um is is needed um and that that brings to think like too like i mean like go back to boston think about like when boston was founded like gosh like how many lead lines mm -hmm. are in these like older um yeah. colonial type of um areas right Oof. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. buzz kill yeah i mean sorry it's... everyone <laughs> yeah i mean well yeah <laughs> i mean even on the east coast i know um my 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 undergrad university we had i think for like a month that they found elevated lead in one of the old buildings on campus which probably isn't a huge surprise it was very old um but yeah i mean it, it happens more often than you think but also i don't think it gets maybe reported as often or mm. i don't know it's yeah it's one of those weird things but i mean this whole situation just shouldn't have happened it's really unfortunate i think i don't i, I would have loved to have like been a fly on the wall when they're having that conversation of where to cut costs and to think they were mm. like oh we can cut costs on drinking water I, it's, that's unfortunate so like if you know your service area has a bunch of lead lines like out of all your budget like items to to not put those like inhibitors in i was like oof, like that one really 140 dollars per day like knowing that you have uh, i don't know thirty thousand, however many you know lead lead service lines it's like oh gosh mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think i think that's like another layer of it too is it wasn't just one unfortunate or just straight up bad decision it was one after another right mm -hmm. Like and it's I, one thing to switch the lines over from Lake Huron 
to the Flint River. It's another thing to then not add the corrosion inhibitors, right? And then just... Uh... Yeah. Anyways, from Rome to, unfortunately, Flint, lead, it's it's been used. There's been ideas of... Or knowledge of you know that toxicity it's serious health issues and, and u.s cities are going to need to grapple with this lead piping <laughs> i mean without flint i want definitely want to end on like the, the citizens not raising concerns it's like the squeaky wheel gets mm-hmm. the grease i'm finding that more and more in life if there's an issue you gotta let people know and i, I definitely think mm-hmm. like i mean right like without them raising such like concerns like that's why stuff got fixed um, yeah, I also mm-hmm. wonder, so I know a lot of drinking water facilities, they do in-house testing. Yeah. And I feel like someone, I think they have to, don't they? No. So, so was it just, so I guess by the time it, so yeah, so I guess when it was coming out of the plant, it wasn't going through the piping. So it, yeah, it's while it was going through the piping, it was getting exposed to all the lead. So I was thinking that too. I think they have to test people's houses, right? Like I know, I know they do, right? But to factor in how effective your system is, so like you can treat on the front end, but potentially miles of piping, right? It has to go through. I feel like you would have to do that follow-up testing on people's tap water to know mm-hmm. like, this is my metrics coming out of my facility. Here's what our you know, here's what E. coli is coming from, you know, this portion or this mm-hmm. portion. And then you almost have to like, yeah, work it backwards. Like, okay, like yeah. I found it here. It's not coming on the front end. Where is the issue arising? Um, and yeah. that was something too that I remember reading up on this um, was that like, so it could be truly good in someone's tap, but mm-hmm. on the other side of town, like it actually, you know, is really, really bad. And um, yeah. No, and I think another factor point. that I was reading too was that the amount of time it stays in the pipes is huge too, because that's mm-hmm. more of that contact time. So like if people aren't using their water as much as another person like that will definitely have an effect on that corrosion. Mm-hmm. This is just goes to say like the amount of understanding of the system is huge. There's so many variables. So like if it's if it's properly coded, it sounds like it's, you know, an effective way at reducing... I don't want to say fully eliminating, but reducing the amount of lead in your water. Mm-hmm. But if that corrosion starts, I I don't I don't know. I don't remember reading that. Like if that could be reversed, maybe. If I had to guess, you'd probably have to like flush the entire system, which I don't think is possible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you, like you'd have to restrict service to the entire city for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. I do want to point out you can also report a violation or a suspected violation to the EPA, um, oh, wow. and they will do a follow up. So yeah, well, and that way is to, uh, lead. <laughs> yeah, way to way to really bring a happy note to the podcast this week, Riley. I know. Jeez. I mean, I mean, right, but it's, it's important. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it's. I think it's. You know, that's one of the things about history, right? Is it's important to learn history so that way you don't repeat it. So I had. Um, so what I, I hope did everyone learned a thing or two today. PFOS the last time I did it. Now I have lead. I yeah. also have one yeah. about mercury, so get excited, everyone. Oh, there you go. Oh, <laughs> Spoiler I have a lot alert. Of fun facts about mercury. It's not good. <laughs> I have a lot of fun facts about mercury, but nothing it has nothing to do with drinking water. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that episode. Oh jeez. All right. I think on that note, everyone, okay, we're gonna right, we're, we're gonna, gonna end it right here okay. for today. All right, bye. <laughs> See you, Riley. Thanks everybody. Bye bye.